we already have ourselves uh, a lot of rumors flying around, at least when it comes to the <laughs> the NBA offseason. But I look, we were talking about it a minute ago, and I, I really do believe, and we'll get Trista back here in a second, I, 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 it's just going to be different in the NBA. Like, we're not, we've gotten to the point where we're not going to have the same level of, like, super teams constantly happening. We're not going to get to the point where it's going to be as easy for teams to just move around and stockpile a bunch of stars because the NBA, the CBA is boring. Nobody cares. I get it, right? It's a lot of people that just get annoyed and they're like, oh, well, you know, it's millionaires and billionaires fighting over money. This is it's true. But, like, it does affect how a team is actually built. It does affect how a team is actually run and, and, and rebuilt in some cases, too. Like, okay, so Phoenix went out and got Bradley Beal. That's great. But now this is a team that's sitting there, and they got a lot of they, parts of that roster that they still essentially have to fill in. They've still got to figure that out, and not a lot of wiggle room. Like, there's a certain point, and I've always hated this argument, where people go, oh, it's not my money, I don't care. Well, yeah, but if it's your team and you don't understand that this roster can't be physically built all the way that it needs to be because the team can't afford it, like, that's that's a, that's a major problem. And that, that's where some teams can be. Now, you know, look, we, we certainly saw what, what happened, Trista, with, you know, the Suns and the direction they went. And then we see the other direction where a team like the Wizards decides, all right, we're just going to gut this thing and, and start from scratch. But there, look, there was also, there was the draft, and there were teams making moves leading up to the draft. Look, I see the Celtics as a big winner after all the dust has settled to this point. Adding Chris Stapps, Porzingis, they've got three stars on that roster. Do I think they could beat the Nuggets next year in the finals? No, I, I, I don't necessarily think that with the roster that they have, but they did get better. And that's, you're going to have to see some maneuvering with, with, with teams the rest of the way where it's, all right, it may be three and 14 deals just to make all this stuff work. I think we have her. Are you there, Trista? Or maybe not. Okay. Well, we will just wait, and then we'll get her when we get her, because that's how things work. Ah, technology. So, yeah, look, I look. The, the Celtics are certainly one team that I see as a winner. I don't, I don't think there's any question about it. You, you add Chris Stapps Porzingis, you've had a guy that's at least a rim protector. You add a guy that can stretch the floor. We so much here. That Chris Stapps Porzingis was kind of like the first unicorn that was there, right? And the Celtics are the favorite to win the title. Like, they are the favorite to win the title right now, a plus 475 over BetMGM ahead of Denver. I still think Denver is the better team, but, like, you could take the financial sense out of this, right? How much money it's going to cost Boston if they got to pay Jalen Brown. You know, if they got to sit there and they've got to pay uh, Jason Tatum again moving forward, and Chris Stapp-Brzingis is probably going to get an extension. Like, all of that aside, they've got their roster kind of together, and I think this is kind of where, where Boston is at this point. I have no idea whether you're ready, Trista, but I'm going to try and see. If you'd like to jump in here, we can figure it out. Hello, Trista. Are you there? Ah, yes. I love it. I love it. All right, well, we'll figure it out as much as we can. How about this? Scott, Dylan, you guys just let me know what to do. That's all we got to do. You just let me know what to do. But, you know, look, as of right now, I Boston is a team that already, look, Boston at its peak, there's a reason why the Celtics are the favorite. It's not just because they traded for Chris Stapp Rosingas. I mean, that, that's, that's part of it. It certainly helps. But right now, you've also got a team that at its peak, they were the best team in the NBA last year. Like, people have forgotten because Joe Mazzulla was kind of a mess. We saw in the playoffs, he looked in over his head. He looked confused. I still maintain too far in the playoffs where they couldn't move on and get his job, and then here we are. This is, this is where that it goes. But right now, if you look at the Boston Celtics, 
they are a team that is is pretty well balanced. And you know what, too? Here's what I will say. Trading Marcus Smart, it was time. It was time for the Boston Celtics to go and do that. It, it really was. Marcus Smart as a starting point guard for the Celtics made absolutely no sense whatsoever. I know he's a great defensive player. I get it. Defensive player of the year, we all know that. But at the same time, they need somebody that's actually a playmaker. Somebody that can go out there and be more of a leader on the court. Somebody that's going to be the quarterback. And there's not a ton of those point guards left anymore. But that being said, it, it, it makes more sense. to. I'd rather have Malcolm Brogdon and Derek White, whether it's either one of them, whoever wins that starting point guard job, I'd rather have that for Boston. I think this this honestly makes them, it makes them a better team. So at, at, at this point, that's, that's why Boston sits there as the favorite. But we've talked... This is right now a very wide open Eastern Conference and Western Conference in some ways because there's three or four teams that could overtake that could overtake the Celtics and that could also overtake the Nuggets as we move into the offseason and we get into the next year, right? Like, listen, the Suns are plus 550 to win the title. You know why? Uh, because they've got Devin Booker, they got Kevin Durant, and now they added Bradley Beal. Like, we don't know what the rest of that roster is going to look like yet. Okay. We don't know what that roster is going to look like the rest of the way. Depth, those are things that are certainly issues for them. But but even, even so, you do have a big three. You do have some stars. And Bradley Beal, here's the thing, and I'll tell you this because I've seen it so many times in D.C., saw it for years, people bitching and complaining about this all the time, and I, I, I get it. Bradley Beal is not a number one. He's maybe a number two on a decent team. He's a really good number three. You know what he is now in Phoenix? He's a number three on that team behind Devin Booker, who's now overtaken Kevin Kevin Durant as the number one option. We saw it in the playoffs. Devin Booker was the consistent guy for that team. Then, after that, then it was Durant. And now you add Bradley Beal to the mix. Look, there is absolutely a chance that that Suns team can overtake the Nuggets. It just really depends on how this offseason shakes out. But, like, what I, w- what I would say is, like, you, you got to kind of take that into consideration. You've got to sit here and think about that and say, well, what... What are these teams right now, this early in the offseason, what are they going to do? And do they have the flexibility and just the ability to go out and make moves that's going to make those teams better? So, no, I don't hear Trista yet. So, we're going to see what happens here. I just see that. No, cannot. Cannot at all. So, not yet. Uh, see, speaking, but that's that's as far as it goes. So, it is it is what it is, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the hostage tape, right? You sleep with the hostage tape. That's kind of what's going on. I know. I see you, Trista. I see you over. the season about Damian Lillard when Trista can't respond right now because that would be the best way to just rile her up because then she can't say anything back so let's talk about how terrible Damian no, I could I like Damian Can you hear me I, now? I, I do but there oh look at that oh we got her back hey how are you there Trista I'm good I you lost me I think what cut the audio out was when you said that you thought that the Suns could overtake the Nuggets you know better <laughs> than that you know better than that. There will be no depth on this team. You've got a a, 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 like Bradley Beal hasn't played 82 games or close to it since 2018. Uh, Kevin Durant has had soft tissue injuries that has kept him out many, many games for the last, last three years. Not even withstanding the year-long injury that he had after he popped his Achilles. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker missed 20-plus games last year. So if any of those guys, or maybe even all of those guys, miss significant time, 
what you're going to be doing is rolling out with Ish Wainwright and maybe a Jock Landell if they keep him. We don't even know who's going to be on this team outside of uh, whatever his name is, Goodwin, that came over in the trade, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and Isaiah Joe. Like Those are the only guys outside of Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker that are even on this roster. So it is, it is a barren wasteland. We have no idea what's going to happen. If anyone gets hurt, this team will be a play-in team. I am calling it now. If they were a sixth seed last year, which is what they were, what do you think they're going to be this year with less depth? If there's any injuries, Nick, it's going to be a real rough go. It's going to be a very, very interesting offseason for some of these teams because the one thing we've said, we've talked about it a lot on the show, right, has been the parity in the NBA this year, which, look, I, I love. I, I think I've, I've gotten to the point now where, like, I'm tired of – I mean, we had four straight years of the Warriors and Cavs in the NBA Finals. It got old. So it's nice to see this because there are teams that now look and say, oh, we got a chance. Oh, all right, we just got to get aggressive here. Like, would the Suns have been that aggressive? And they didn't have to give up that much, obviously, for Beal, but knowing that they've got no depth on that roster, if they didn't feel that they got a chance to get in there and and take a West that still feels pretty wide open. Do I love the Nuggets out of all the teams in the West? Absolutely. But if we're looking at the Eastern Conference, which is kind of where we, we started at the beginning of this, like, I do love where the Celtics are right now. There's a reason why they are the favorite. And I know you hate this, and I get it. You're going to disagree with me, and it's fine. I... I actually really like the – if you're looking at other winners in the East, I think the Hornets are in a decent spot for a bad team when it comes to the draft, right? Brandon Miller at number two. They needed a wing that could shoot, that could go out there and at least defend. I know he's got his issues, and we've talked about that plenty. I think he's got a, a high ceiling, but there's also a chance that he could be just a 14-point-a-game kind of guy, like an auto porter if it's like – if that's his floor. But you also get, you know, Nick Smith Jr. At, at, what, 27? This is a guy that was looked at as a lottery pick before the season. If he can get healthy with a role now that's not expected to be something that's uh, a high ceiling necessarily there, it's like Markel Fultz going to Orlando when all the – you know, everything was – I know it's not the best name to throw out there when you talk about a guy that's a first-round pick. But, like, there are some teams where it's not – we're not talking even maybe playoffs – Certainly not talking title with a team like the Hornets, but like the Pistons, the Hornets that had some some good uh, they had some good picks in the draft, and they've they've added to their young core. I, you're seeing a lot of that where we may see a shift in the next couple of years, where these teams that went out and were aggressive in the draft and made sure that they stayed young, you start to see them take the next step, like the Cavs did last year. Can't hear you. Oh, fantastic. Here we go again. Oh, there you go. There she is. So you're just right, going to, yep, yep, she's not. Yep, I sure can. You're good to go. You're good to go. Back to the East. I think you're right about Marcus Smart. He needed to go. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is a disaster. He has to go too. Not sure who's going to take him on. Derek White is the perfect point guard for this team, considering that yep. Joe Missoula plays a slightly different type of defense than Ime Yudoka did. Uh, so that sort of nerd information, take that with what you will. Very curious to talk uh, to our man Chris Miles coming up soon to see how this makes the Grizzlies better or maybe it makes them slightly worse because they get smaller. Uh, and in terms of the East, like a lot of this is going to come down to the free agency uh, of Milwaukee. Do they continue to con uh, keep Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez? Do they go out and get anybody else? What do they do with Drew Holiday? All that stuff is up in the air. In terms of Charlotte, I, I think it's a, a great idea to take Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson. I think that was the right move for them. I think that's the direction that they should have gone uh, because we, Portland, <laughs> needed a new star. 
So I would have been very disappointed if they would have made the right move. <laughs> but Michael Jordan never disappoints. Nick, never. I mean, I should have. We were this close to Brandon Miller being a trailblazer. We were so close to it happening. So close. <laughs> so I just can't hear you again. I don't know why, but oh, can't hear you. maybe you can hear me. This is good. Uh, yes, yeah, I can actually. So this is so this is great. So you know what we'll do? We'll just we'll do and some deep interior going to be a ton of fun so that we'll work with that here's two teams that i would say that are losers right now uh for one in this because grant williams now probably not going to get paid by boston like it's just it's not going to happen because they, they're, they're there's a lot of money going to chris Porzingis probably you know they're going to have to pay jalen brown they're going to have to pay jason tatum again like here we go i guess at this point now it's going to be grant williams and he's going to have to get uh, whether they'll fork out some sign and trade or they'll figure it out. I, I don't know what the case is. So, uh, you know, keep rolling. It's just like Grant Williams keeps rolling, just like we keep rolling through whatever the hell's going on right now that we're trying to figure out. I see you nodding, and I don't even know if you can hear me. Yeah, so, yep, yeah. so you know. Okay, good. And the only other team I think that I would say at this point in the East is a loser for me, Trista. This is, oh boy. The only other team that I would say is probably a loser for me would be the Wizards, only because they waited too late to make these trades. Now, Porzingis is one thing. It's not like he was on the roster that long. But to see what the Wizards got for Bradley Beal, and like people were getting all upset with that, and it's like, well, look what they got. Like, that, that's the market. That was the market for a guy that was getting a massive contract with a no-trade clause, and he's the only person in the NBA that had it. So they didn't really have a lot of options to go there, and it's it's proof like the really good teams are willing to make those sacrifices. Say what you want about the Patriots in their prime, but they were willing to move off guys early, and they were able to get draft picks in return and get a better return for a player as opposed to waiting too long and then getting nothing at that point. So that's – look – that's kind of just where the where certain teams are. And, and when you're going to rebuild, it's a, it's a tough sacrifice to make. And you got to be willing to do it early and rip the Band-Aid off as opposed to later when then it, it just becomes a complete mess and it's, and it's even worse. So right now, we're, you know, we'll, we'll, fi we'll figure this out. You just keep doing what you got to do and we'll, we'll go from there. But, yeah, it's th there is going to be a shift in the NBA with some of these teams that have a lot of – younger player look i even like the pistons i think the pistons are a team that in the next couple of years can really move themselves up into a, into a better spot like marcus sasser getting him at 25 and asar thompson at number five they're building a nice young core that they have in detroit and you got to keep an eye on these teams because there will always be there will always be at least one team that takes that step from oh they're terrible nobody's talking about them to they double their win total we just saw it with the kings we saw it two years ago with the Cavs, trista so you're at the point now where uh, maybe it does become the pistons maybe it is the hornets I, i'm not necessarily ready to throw either one of those teams in there yet but you always got to look out in the offseason for that young team that takes that next step orlando baby orlando yes. do not sleep anthony black get those other guards out of there let's <laughs> I love the Magic. I think Magic winning the division is <clears throat> whenever those prices come out, I'm jumping on it because you know they're not going to be close to the favorites, so it's totally worth it. All right, we're going to get Trista's big three. She's got three low-key free agents that you should keep an eye on that could really change the landscape in the NBA. Plus, we'll talk to Chris Miles next hour as well of NBA TV. It's BetMGM Tonight.